You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Hey, let's give the band a hand. They're incredible. And special shout out, Curtis Fairweather's first morning, essential. Absolutely shredding on the guitar. He's going to give us a, a prophetic acoustic solo later on. Is that right? <laughs> Love that guy. It is so good to be here this morning. How is everyone? Well? You're well? You're good? You look good? Have you had your coffee, your second coffee, your third coffee? No? Um, some will be coming around shortly. No, I'm just joking. Um, it's so good to be here, and I just want to welcome any visitors, welcome um, to our Sunday service. We are combined, we are two, we are one church, two locations, Central and Northwest, and it's so good in the last couple of weeks having both campuses together. How good is it? Who's been enjoying having both campuses together? It's fun. I love it. It's just, it feels good. And um, we have been in a series called Speak. Pastor Jez kicked it off so well last week. Who was he last week? Everyone. So good. And um, this new series to kind of kick off the year called Speak. It's about speaking into your world. Speaking life-giving words into your world. And we kicked off uh, in a scripture in Ezekiel as the base scripture uh, for this series. So if you want to turn with me to Ezekiel 37. It's kind of in the middle of the Bible, if you've got a physical one, you know, oh, three quarters of the way through maybe. This is kind of our base verse for this series, and it's a powerful, incredible moment in Scripture. And Ezekiel is uh, wrapped up in a vision, and he's essentially a prophet, and he's, and he's God showing him visions. Um, you know, the first half of Ezekiel is kind of like the doom and gloom part, but now we're into like the hope and faith God's going to restore. God's going to do the impossible. God's going to do a new thing. And he gives Ezekiel this vision, and this is where we start off. It's in the Valley of the Dry Bones, Ezekiel 37. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. It says, so I, then I prophesied as I was commanded. And I was prophes- as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked and tendons of flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. So good. This incredible picture 
of life entering the impossible, of God doing the impossible through Ezekiel. That God would say, speak the words of the Lord, and that Ezekiel would speak, and the impossible would happen. That dead things would come to life. That the broken things would be made alive, would be restored, would be recreated. And this is the foundational scripture of our series, Speak. That speaking the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but um, for all the people who are married in this place, when you got married, you realized that what you say becomes a lot more important. Who's with me? You realize that the weight of your words just got a whole lot more serious. I mean, any kind of close relationship within your family or friendship, whether it's marriage or not, any close relationship, words are important. Words are powerful. It actually says in Proverbs 18.21, it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and who love it will eat of its fruit. It's kind of scary. But that the fact that our words that our tongue has the power of life and death. And so, I mean, I learned this the hard way in our marriage. My beautiful wife, just down the front here with our third, Nathaniel. Um, I learned that words can affect the atmosphere of the environment in your marriage really quickly. And I've learned over, it's been nearly 10 years we've been married, right? Nearly 10 years. Crazy. What's going on? We've still got a long way to go. You know, I'm still learning. I'm kind of like one of those buildings in town with the scaffold all around it, still under construction. You can't really see it. It's like, is that building ever going to get finished? It just is like this completed work under glass, like kind of, you know, perfect. That's sarcastic, right? But words, I mean, in our, in our relationship, words are powerful. I remember um, I've come a long way. I've learned a lot of things not to say, but recently I, I, I kind of didn't do the right thing. It was just before Christmas and uh, things were crazy. We're kind of getting ready for Christmas, the, you know, the, the craziness of shopping and all kinds of things. And we've got a third child now, so the dynamic of trying to figure out how to do life with a third child. And, and so I'm at work. Love being at work. It's good. It's good. And I had a fantastic day, you know, it's like one of those days where you're ticking off everything on the to-do list and you're like, man, I'm just, I'm crushing this day. This is a good day. And I left work, you know, kind of with a, with a pop in my step because I felt really good about my day at work. Completely oblivious to the, the environment, the, the different world that was happening at home. There's a whole different thing happening at home. I'm oblivious. I'm like AirPods in, driving home, singing along. You know, the birds are coming down, sitting on my windshield, chirping along. Mary Poppins. Things are fantastic. Hop out of the car, walking up to the door, just like oblivious. Walking up to the door, whole new world behind this door. I'm feeling good. And uh, I open the door into the entryway, you know, and um, I don't walk into the entryway like that when I come home. But emotionally, I felt good, so I came in. And as I walked in, this stench hit me. This smell, this pungent smell just hit me in the face. And it wasn't the, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't a Nathaniel smell. It wasn't a William smell or an Audrey smell. And Jess doesn't smell. So it wasn't Jess. She does not smell. This was a new smell. And I walked into the door. Boom. Pow. Hit me in the face. No joke. And it took me back. And the first thing I said, I just walked in the door and I went, the house stinks. 
the house smells. And then immediately Jess's face pops around the corner and she's like got Nathaniel and she's rocking and pops around the corner like this, looks at me and I'm like, oh, she didn't even say a word, but I knew the, the words that were coming emanating out of her face towards me. I knew that look. And I knew I said something wrong. I got to, I've done something really bad here. That this, this phrase, you know, this house smells just conveyed a whole lot of other things to Jess. Because she'd been in a whole different world all day. It conveyed that like, you're saying the house is messy. You're saying, what did I smell? All these kind of things, you know. And our words are powerful. But I've learned that there are a whole, I stuffed up in that moment, right? But compared to when I was first married, I've learned, I've come a long way. Because when you're first married, you don't have a clue what words mean what and that they mean different things to different sexes and stuff. And so you just, you're really flippant with your words. It's like, you always and you never and you're popping all these ones out and you learn really quickly that these aren't words you should say. That, that no sentence that starts with, well, you always, that's never going to end well. So you learn quickly to drop. You're like, you're culling. You got like this notepad and you're like, don't say that. Don't say that. It's not going to be good. That means something else. Figure that out later. And, and you learn all these words not to say. But on the flip side, 10 years in, as I grow and I mature, I start to learn that there are particular words that are really good to say. That there are intentional phrases and words that I can say that builds Jess up that calms the atmosphere of my home, that brings confidence, that brings peace. You know, things like, you're amazing, you're an amazing mum, you do an incredible job. Just, you know, that's good, right? Was that good? But you learn, you don't just learn the phrases and the things not to say, but you learn the intentional, the power, and the effectiveness of the right words to say. And I kind of think when it comes to our walk with Jesus, when it comes to our Christian life, that when we first get saved, we learn a whole lot of things not to say. We learn, you know, when we come to church that, you know, don't talk like a sailor. Most people aren't running around talking like a sailor. They're not dropping F-bombs, and you know what I mean? And some of us are on a different journey, and that's okay. We love you. Like, there's grace, right? But we learn quickly there's certain things not to say. And except if you're playing Christian soccer. That's like a whole different... I don't know what's going on there. They need Jesus. But you learn, you learn, all right, we're meant to love people, so we probably shouldn't talk trash about people. We learn, oh, we, we shouldn't talk behind people's back. We shouldn't gossip. We, should, we learn all these things when we first get saved, but I kind of wonder if as we grow, we forget that, hey, there are some really intentional things that we can do with our words in our world there are some things that we can say and do that have an effectiveness in our Christian walk more than just not what, what not to say, but hey, if I say these things over my world, they're going to have an effect in my life. If I say these things, if I pray like this, if I speak like this, they're going to be effective and active not only in my life, but in the life of the people around me. That our words are powerful and effective. You see, our mandate and our mission as followers of Jesus is to bring heaven to earth, right? It's to bring heaven, God's plan, God's design, God's ideas, is to bring those things here. 
It says in Matthew 6, 9 to 10, it says, This then is how you should pray. After his disciples asked Jesus, he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we as Christians are foreigners, aliens, Scripture say, to this place, because our home is seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus, we're meant to bring home here. We're meant to bring the Father's place to earth. We are meant to see the broken things restored to God's original plan and God's original design on the earth. It says in Genesis 1, 1 to 3, we see God speaking and creating, the power of His Word. He says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So God creates with His words. God forms things that were not into things that are with the word that comes out of His mouth. The power of the word. The power of God's word. It says in John 1, 1 to 5, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made, and in Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. How good is that scripture? And it gets you every time. And God's original plan, if God speaks and things happen, if God creates with His words and Proverbs tell us that the power of life and death is in our tongue. I wonder what we can do with our words. That God's original plan for humanity was that they would rule and reign with Him. Adam and Eve's plan, uh, mandate was to fill and subdue the earth. To, to create God's vision upon the earth, this formless and void place, but to create God's vision with Him. It says in Genesis 1, to 28, it says, So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And we know that Adam and Eve plunged humanity into sin and kind of ruined it. But we know that Jesus came. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. And he came to, uh, as a sacrifice to, in our place so that we could have reconnection back to the Father. That God would bridge the connection of relationship back to us through his son. And I would propose that not just relationship but the original mandate to bring heaven to earth to subdue the earth with God's plan, with God's design on the planet. It sounds really similar to Ezekiel. Hey, there's a broken world. There's a broken world. There's broken people. There's broken people around you, in your workplace, in your university. There's, there's broken things in our family. There's broken things everywhere. But God says, speak to it, that there might be life. Because I have made you in my own image. And when I speak, things are created. Life comes to things that are dead. 
And this is one of the primary ways that we release the kingdom of God upon the earth is through the things that we speak, through prayer, through laying on of hands. When people are healed, the kingdom of God has come there. When people are lifted up out of brokenness because they hear the gospel, the kingdom of God has come there. This is how the kingdom of God spreads is when we speak, when we pray, when we speak out the things of God into our world. And Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example. Jesus came to earth. He, left his, he, he laid aside His divinity so that He would be an example for all humanity, that He would be the pattern that we would follow. And we see Jesus time and time again in the Gospels speaking to situations, bringing life with the words that He has. He says to people, be healed. He says to storms, stop. He says to dead people, come out of the tomb. And we see here there's a moment in Matthew 21, 18 to 22, Jesus curses a fig tree. It says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. I don't know why that's required, but it goes to show that Jesus is fully man and fully God. He was hungry. He felt like some KFC. Although he was on a plant-based diet at the time, and seeing a fig tree by the road, he was like, ooh, figs. He saw their leaves. He saw a big fig tree, leaves. There must be figs. I'm hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it. But he found nothing on it except leaves. And then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. I don't know if you've ever been through KFC drive through and a burger wasn't as good as you thought it was, and you cursed the KFC that you drove through. No, I'm just joking. Don't do that. It said, may you never bear fruit again, and immediately the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. How does Jesus do this? John 6, 63 says, The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, He says, they are full of the Spirit and life. And we have been given the same Spirit of Christ. We now have the full inheritance of Christ Jesus. We are in Him. He is in us. We have the full measure of Christ. He moved into us. We have the power of God in us. And when we speak words of life, His words, things create. Life comes on the words that we speak. speaking words of life how do we speak these words of life it's not standing in your garage saying Porsche, Porsche, Porsche don't do that that's dumb it says in Romans 10 16 it says so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God when we hear God, faith comes. When we hear God, we, we can believe for the impossible. 
when we hear God, when we, when we read His Word, and we read the testimonies of the miracles of Christ, when we meet the testimonies of many people before Him in the Old Testament, when we read His Word, when we hear from the Holy Spirit, faith is generated on the inside of us. And out of that faith, we speak the things that we hear. We speak the things that we see. And I love this story of Ezekiel because if we think about it, I think it's, it can be kind of a model for how we can do this stuff in life with God. That His plan for us is that we would extend the kingdom of God in our world through the words that we speak, that God would extend His kingdom through us. He wants to use us on this planet Earth to establish His kingdom. And when we look at Ezekiel, let's flick back. God brought him in front of the bones. He said, can you see these bones? He says, yes, I can see these bones. God says to him, can they live? And he's probably thinking, ah, is this a trick question? He's like, well, only surely you would know, Lord. (laughs) But I love this picture because we all have broken things in our world. The world is broken. There are broken things in our lives. There are broken things in our relationships. There are broken things in our workplaces, in our universities, in our communities, in our street, in our neighbors' lives. There are broken things all around us. And I wonder if God's saying this morning, can you see these broken things? Can you see them? Sometimes I wonder if we're too focused on our own world that we can't see them. I feel like God's saying, hey, Have a look at the broken things because there's an opportunity for the impossible. There's an opportunity for the kingdom of God to come in this moment. But I love that Ezekiel sees the situation and he gives it back to God. God says, can they live? And he realizes, this is impossible by myself. I've got to go back to God. We can see the things in our life and we can go, this is impossible without God. God. Surely you know. So he gives it back to God and there's relationship, there's connection with God, that this thing called speaking into our world is is by hearing God. It's in relationship and connection with God. And God says, now say this. So essentially God says, Ezekiel goes, here God, have it. And God says, cool, here's some things you can say and gives it back to Ezekiel. He says, and now you say to the bones the things that I've told you to say and the impossible will happen. Isn't that incredible? Sometimes we pray, God, do it, God, do it. But God's saying, hey, this is what I say about the situation. You go say to this, you go speak to the bones. You go speak to the broken situations. Hey, God, I'm just praying for my neighbor. I just pray that they they receive the gospel. Here's an encouraging word that's gonna break something open in their life. Or we're praying for our workplaces. They're broken. Maybe we're trying to escape our workplaces. This, this, this place is going, I'm out of here. God's like, no, do you see the brokenness? I have some words for you to speak into this place. I have some things I want you to say to bring life to this impossible situation. You are there in the broken place to see life come about, to see resurrection life, to see the power of God move in your world. Don't try to escape it. Hear what I have to say about the situation and speak it. And watch the impossible happen. And Ezekiel speaks and the impossible happens. 
And this morning, I know we have areas in our lives. And, I, and we're going to hear from God this morning. We're going to hear about those things. And we're going to speak what God says into those circumstances. So I want us all to stand up. Is that cool? I want us to all stand up because we're going we're gonna to take some time. We're going to take a moment. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.